Jobber wasn't in any of them. That's correct. And I thought Gary Sinise and Randy Quaid were in the same one. No, they were in two different. But they were in two different ones, but they both played the same character. Yes. So I, I don't see Gary Sinise as, uh, I forget his name. The, I want to say Charlie, but I think I'm thinking of Flowers from Ultraman. Larry is one of them. Larry. Yeah, I don't see. I don't see Gary Sinise in that role, but I think I, I think I have seen it. I probably saw it in like ninth grade. Yeah. When we actually read of Nice and Men. Yeah. So I, eighth grade, whenever that was. So grade. more solving the mystery. I figured out why I thought Dauber was in it. Oh, okay. In have you ever heard of the stand? I yes. Do you know what the stand is? Isn't it a Stephen King thing? It's a Stephen King thing. It was a mini series from the mid nineties. Mm-hmm. I think around the same time as of Mice and Men. Yeah. And he plays a very simple-minded man that wears a... Does he wear overalls? He wears overalls. (laughs) (laughs) So you can see in my mind how I ended up mixing those two things together. I guess. (laughs) It's basically the exact same role. And I think that I just combined them somehow because... Yeah, I did. I, I still argue that I think Dauber would have been better than... Than John Malkovich, but he's no Jeff Fahey. He is no Jeff Fahey. <laughs> <laughs> so that is the mystery of of mice and men nice. solved for eternity. Um. Yeah, how you doing? I'm, I'm all right. Settling back in post convention. Yeah, getting back to reality. Yeah, I was just tell- talking to you off mic about how terrible my day has been. It's been a yeah. series of highs and lows. Yeah. Uh, earlier in the week, I bought uh, a piece of Clive Barker original artwork. Which should be like super exciting. Pretty big deal for me. Yeah. I mean, it's a little chunk of money. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, kind of a goal that I'd wanted for a while. But right. Finally took the plunge into spending the money on it and uh, got my package today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Looking at Clive Barker's package. Yeah. So I showed you what I got. Yeah. What did I get from my package, Justin? Uh, Not original art. <laughs> no. I got two medium t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Great. So a coffee mug and a button or a pin. Mm-hmm. S- None so of which you ordered. Super high to super low. Like, yeah. <laughs> just devastated that somebody else has my artwork right now yeah maybe this is like the care package they sent also <laughs> and it's like it <laughs> just coming. happened to arrive first it's coming there's still hope they i'm not filled with hope <laughs> they very just very filled with abject dread they very obviously just sent my order to somebody else yeah. and yeah they swapped the orders for sure oh i'm gonna be sick to my stomach mm. stay tuned i'll let you know <laughs> How that works out, hopefully next week I've got good news. Um, we watched The Town of the Dreaded Sundown. In The Town of the Dreaded Sundown. Mm-hmm. Justin, 1976 overall. Uh, so the synopsis of, I always forget about the synopsis. <laughs> uh, is that it's based on the true story, The Moonlight Murders. <clears throat> and... Uh, a guy over, I think it was like an eight or ten week period, uh, has four attacks. A series of four attacks. K- 
kills people on basically on lovers' lanes, and this is like a uh, made-for-TV version of uh, trying to trying to capture him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we both looked a little bit into the like the bit. real life stuff, and uh, it was pretty accurate. Yeah, from everything Seemed that they like said, it. like they they made different kind of nitpicky things like this person wasn't pulled out of a car in real life and things like that but right. that seems they minute, changed the minute. dates which i thought was weird that does seem a little weird it's like no this ha- everything happened two weeks later than it actually did yeah i can which get it weird. if i can get it if it happened in the winter and they wanted to sit in the summer right like some filming because it's hollywood yeah um but yeah i was pretty impressed with that really yeah. um all right so that's the synopsis mm-hmm. overall opinions uh it was it was a movie. I don't, it's, so it's weird. It's like I had a good time, mm-hmm. but I, I can obviously tell that it w- wasn't the best well-made. I think you're, the first note you wrote down is like the, the quality of the film stock you were super surprised by. At the beginning. Yeah. there It comes and goes, really. Mm-hmm. Um, At the beginning, yeah. I, I think even more impressed with the quality of the film stock is the fact that, that, this many years later mm-hmm. that we are able to sit and watch it look that good yeah. because if this is a mate and that's what I keep thinking about through all this is like, this is a made for TV movie that these people thought they were going to make was probably going to air once and never be seen again or heard from. Right. And here we are talking about in a podcast, like how many tens of thousands of other TV movies have just, are just gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's cool to me like that idea. Yeah. Uh yeah. Okay, so I don't know. So don't your know. your overarching thoughts you gave me were it's a movie. Thanks yeah. for that. There are a lot of there are a lot of things they do that are cool, but it's like uh as a consequence of being seemingly incredibly low budget and not uh employing the most talented people in front of or behind the camera. Mm-hmm. Uh so like the uh in the opening the first murder uh well they both live but the first attack uh he uh they're you know it's a car parked to lover's lane he breaks open the window mm-hmm. and you hear the breathing <sighs> super creepy right mm-hmm. and then they cut to the the woman and the breathing's gone and they cut back to the exact same shot where that breathing was, and it's still gone. And it was it was weird, and it was jarring, and I was I actually it stood out to me because of how much I thought that that was cool mm-hmm. that they did that. But then the fact that they cut back to the same shot and it it, it stopped. I didn't notice was it at jarring. all, and you pointed that out, so I rewound it and we talked about it again. And I'm still think the more that I think about it. I don't think he would have been breathing at that moment like that because it's a very quick shot where he's actually pulling him out of the car. So if I ask you all of a sudden to pick up this 150 pound thing, what are you going to do? You're going to take a one big breath in. You're not going to be panting as you're picking him up. But he's panting the whole time. He's halfway out of the car and you still hear the breathing. Yeah. He's and then they cut away him. and he's they cut back to basically the exact same shot in almost the exact same moment. It's the final thing where he does the humph to get him out. Okay. That's my argument. Okay. Defending it. Um, but no, it's, it's like the more that I kept thinking about it, mm-hmm. I honestly think that's what it is, is that that's like the final humph to get him out. Yeah. Um, K 
can you imagine watching this movie in 1976 on TV? Like there's there's three or four channels. Right. And you sit down as a family and you're like, let's watch the TV movie tonight, dear. <laughs> and, and it's this. I like how your thought of the 70s is, is like most people's thoughts of the 50s. <laughs> still, I'm still, I think there's still a degree of that, right? Like th- this seems a little, a little rough for made for TV movie for the 70s. Am I wrong? Um, I think, I think the 60s kind of destroyed a lot of the, the wholesomeness that uh, the 50s wrought. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's, you know, but it, think, wasn't, but, it wasn't as explicit as, as things today. No, but, but even think about to when we were little. Think about Married with Children, I think we talked about before. Mm-hmm. And that was pushing boundaries. Yeah. And that was in the 90s. Like, this had to have been pushing some boundaries, right? Yeah, certainly. Um, but, again, this is the United States. Violence and sex are... Two completely different you, things. No, that's true. Um, one of the uh, the I think a lot of it was budgetary quality of craftsmanship and things like that. But yeah. there were some major rain problems. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that they're, they're like outside <laughs> of a theater, and I thought like a fire hydrant was broken mm-hmm. because you could see it just spraying from the side. And I realized no, that was the rain machine yeah. that we were just seeing spewing from one spot out. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the next scene, they're driving in the car. Yeah, super close up. So it's right. It's 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 raining right in front of the camera, mm-hmm. and that's it. Yeah, and then it pans to a shot above the car, and it's just beating down on this. It's like somebody has a fire hose just spraying yeah. it directly on the and, top of the and car. And that shitty windshield wiper is at full blast. The one on the top, right. of The car, yeah. And then they cut back to the wider shot, and it's like. Lacksadaisically going back and forth. Um, so they they get attacked, and then there's a double murder mm-hmm. where he uh, ki- how does he kill the guy? He chains the girl to the or he wraps the girl's arms around the tree right. and bites her. I don't know. He there were shots fired, so I'm assuming he got shot. Yeah. But and by the time really we see him, him on camera, he's just in blackface. Yeah, um, Bruce face. Um, I th- I think this this movie their makeup artist didn't know what dirt was, and so just kind of applied it over the entire face, <laughs> so it just looked like blackface. It was weird. The Mary, the the last victim, her when she comes out of the corn, her face is the same way. Um, by no means am I going to say this is directly taking it from it, or it may just be a coincidence, but I feel like that was kind of true detective like when wasn't there like a true detective thing like where she was they were at the tree or chained to a tree or something um I, the beginning of true detective there's like an altar maybe that's what i'm thinking of but but i really liked um i like when they can do horrific things during the day because mm-hmm. it's such a trope to have it set at night yeah and a good portion of this takes place during the day like some of the chases takes place during the day some of the murders take place during the day um, and I always appreciate when I see that happening. Yeah. Though, I don't know, weirdly, it's night when they leave, and then suddenly it's day. That's a little Plan 90. Which time? Because they leave the theater, yeah. and it's nighttime. Okay. And when you see the fire hydrant and everything. Yeah. Then they go off to Lover's Lane. Maybe it's like super early morning. I don't know. I don't know. We 
might be confusing two murders. Attacks. It's the the twenty nine year old man and the seventeen year old woman, <laughs> which was super weird. It's like the narrator was like, "He's twenty nine years old, and this is his date, who's seventeen, and that's totally okay because it's nineteen forty six, and he's a GI." I, yeah, I think that's probably true. Like that's why it's so weird. Is because like I, even when they were doing it, they're like, "Do we want to change this or be accurate?" Because this is weird. <laughs> that was another kind of thing that I loved about the movie was like. You know, movies are show don't tell, but the narration was like, we probably we didn't really have the budget to to fill in that, so we're just gonna talk about it. Here's some things that happened. The uh, I'll, I'll save it for the end. Um, there was a scene. I don't remember what they were. Oh, it was the scene. Uh, so they get the lone wolf to come in to mm-hmm. help try to solve the crimes, right? Yep. Who's a real dude? Actually named Lone Wolf. And uh, yeah, that yeah, was that was, was like the actual dude on the case. Yeah, that was the real thing right there. Um, and he's like in the train station, and he buys some stuff. Yeah. And this is this tells me at least from '76 until now, no one that has ever made a movie has actually had a transaction in real life Mm-mm. because they always just seemingly pay a random person that's standing around. Yeah. They somehow have exact change. Mm-hmm. The person that that they are going to buy it from always knows exactly how much each item is yeah have you have you ever seen the room no one of my favorite scenes in the room is he goes to buy the do you know what the room is i know about the room it's how it's an incredibly horrible movie yes yeah so one of my favorite scenes from there is he goes to buy flowers has like a full conversation like kind of on the run he's just walking around having a conversation with the florist picks up flowers and goes how much and she's like $17 and he's like keep the change and then walks out just like it was just like he walks up to the counter and just like drive by hands her a $20 bill and keeps going <laughs> the uh do you know what birdemic is yes so yeah so birdemic is basically the room of horror movies mm-hmm. or in the horror genre i guess yeah i've not watched either one of them but i've seen enough and heard enough like mm-hmm. i've seen clips and there's one where birdemic 2 uh is set in hollywood okay and like he has a hollywood deal and uh you very much get the impression this is what the writer director imagines hollywood is and he's like uh yes i would like to purchase your movie for one million dollars here is one million dollars <laughs> and like it's exactly a million dollars to the penny is what they come to an agreement on and uh like i was listening to an interview with the producer and they were like talking to uh the writer director and they're like uh you need which by the way the first one I think is a sincere thing. The second one I still think is sincere from the writer director, mm-hmm. but like the producers and the people that were involved were definitely just taking advantage and milking this guy right. that like they he captured lightning in a bottle mm-hmm. and they wanted him to do it again. And I think they kind of did, but they're definitely exploiting him. Yeah. Anyway. So they told the story, like you got to get us a budget. How are you planning on spending this money? And he literally like got a napkin or something that it said like actors, $20,000, everything else, eighty thousand dollars like because he was going to spend exactly one hundred thousand dollars exactly on this movie like (laughs) (laughs) like there's something endearing about that you know yeah um yeah people don't know how to pay i still see that happen in movies now Mm -hmm. it is fucking obnoxious um referencing the same thing that annoys me in real life yeah and i referenced it in our trip to horror hound okay i get so annoyed when people are in line at a grocery store and they do not 
they act like surprised when the when the cashier tells them there's a dollar amount. Yeah. That's going to be 45.17 and then that's the moment that they start looking through their purse f- mm-hmm. for a checkbook for a credit card or they start fiddling through their wallet. Yeah. Oh shit, I didn't realize that there was a transaction yeah, there about was an, to happen. I have another step that I have to take. I reference that to you, Josh, I'm calling you out here who you heard on the last episode. Josh there'd be we would be in line for an hour for someone to get this autographed and he would get to the table and then start pulling his posters out to get signed much to the chagrin of everyone waiting in line <laughs> especially in, you including myself who had just done it properly and, <laughs> and we're was, sitting there shaking your head <laughs> it's so true josh you suck <laughs> uh um the uh what do you got uh, this uh, so that same couple on the radio, and then later at at prom, they are playing. <laughs> I think it's funny that it's supposed to sound like Glenn Miller, but it's definitely not Glenn Miller. You uh, don't know who Glenn Miller is, do you? Yeah, the orchestra okay. guy. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Nice pop culture. You got a pop culture reference <laughs> from 1946. Way to go! That's what I do. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it was like, I, oh, that sounds, oh, that's Glenn Miller. I love Glenn. Wait, that's supposed to sound like Pennsylvania Six. To be fair, that's not you, Pennsylvania Six. Our podcast music, Tom created fake John Carpenter music for. Yeah. That's what we have, right? So, but same our, thing. It's not the same thing. How's it I not? The, it's exactly the same thing. Tom uh, literally said, "Like, what do you guys like?" And we're like, "We kind of like John Carpenter stuff." And he said on the podcast, right. "I listened to a bunch of John Carpenter music, and then I pooped it out." Right, but I don't, I don't, I don't think it's that much to put Glenn Miller in your movie. I don't know. I just found that funny. Is it more than nothing? It's probably it probably costs more than to hire somebody to do a sound alike. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so. especially if they're gonna have it air one time. You, you know what? This is I just thought this too. It might have been Glenn, Glenn Miller originally, but for like the DVD reissue or something, maybe it's not. That could be, but I, I'm just brainstorming here. Yeah, you. I feel like you you want to give this like a lot more credit. Mm, no, I just am gonna call out <laughs> when I see you. You no, he was exactly. he was def- the breathing thing was definitely. I thought no, the breathing thing I really thought about, and I think that's true. Um, there was one good actor in this movie. There was one good actor, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize that the other ones weren't good until I saw him. It was like watching your own hair grow. Like you don't yeah. realize there's a problem until you see something different. See, I the whole time was like, because you you mentioned uh, last week that this is like one of your top ten all time favorite made for TV movies from 1976. I did. <laughs> so to be fair, is it not one of yours? I mean, I I would have to look at, at the genre as a whole to really assess that. <laughs> all but of those probably. 19s. Yeah, exactly. That was the joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh so I I wasn't going to like immediately take a shit on it, but I was you were just sitting there and like the whole time that spark plug is on the phone and the chi the captain or whatever is talking it just it just sounds like actors delivering lines i am an actor and yeah. i shall deliver these lines in an abrupt and dramatic fashion i have 3 sentences to get through 
I am going to get through all of them, and this is me getting through my last one. Now that you've finished yours, I'm going to retort said line. Yeah. It, it was painful. I don't know that I could do better. I probably can't. No, but we're also But you not can actors. definitely identify yeah, exactly. when that happens. And so I didn't want to take a shit. And then when you said, this is the only good actor in the movie, I was like, yes, thank you. So who, who we're referencing, there's a peripheral character that shows up that's a witness to getting uh, held up uh, by someone claims to be the Phantom. Right. Uh, Johnson is his last name. Yeah. Mr. Johnson. And, and it wasn't until that moment that I saw him just... And, and to be fair, I'm, this isn't taking anything away from him. If it sounds like it, it is, I don't know if he was that great of an actor. No, compared to ev- compared to the world of acting, mm-hmm. but by far he was the best person in this right. m- entire movie. He 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 felt like a character rather than an actor delivering lines. Yeah, you're absolutely which right. is the bare minimum that the standard of best <laughs> actor in this movie, you know, all you needed. Yeah, but it's like uh, it's like if you're a five and you surround yourself with threes, you look more attractive. Right. That's exactly what mm-hmm. happened. That's uh, why I try to hang out with like three quarters. The the, the uh, then this one point three looks great. Spark plug. Yeah. So a couple things here. First of all, he'd been on the job for like four months, mm-hmm. which this is another instance, and we had the same thing happen in the burning, where like. It's it's presented like this is the new young go getter who's forty, <laughs> like yeah. that seemed that way, right? Like yeah. he was the new guy. He was supposed to be this up and coming. He, he's the he's the rookie. Yeah, he's forty also. <laughs> like there was nothing young about this guy. To be fair, like the guy who at the beginning was supposed to be twenty four looked like he was like forty three also. That's true. Um, so this is kind of an example. Remember last house on the left, how you had those goofy cops? Yeah. This is kind of another example of that same type of thing. This is the same yeah. time period, but it it's just, just weird wackiness that didn't really fit. A random uh, uh, Dukes of Hazard crash. Yeah. Like flies through the air and lands in the lake. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't get it. It's, 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 I think it's mostly just a product of the time that we're not going to be able to wrap our head around. Right. So I, I think in their mind, they're trying to give a little bit of levity to seriousness. So, yeah, there's another scene where, uh, so Sparkplug is in charge of driving around Lone Wolf and the other guy for some reason. So he's like got his lights on and is going fast. He's like swerving around and they're like, dude, pull over. Uh, just drive normally, obey all traffic laws like a normal person, and then if there's an emergency, we'll let you know, and then you can drive with the lights on and drive all crazy. And I'm just like, what? Like, this was five minutes of a 88-minute movie? And at the beginning, like, he goes through the big speech, and, like, he's getting nasty to somebody that's calling in about something, complaining about a dog. Right. And this is, like, right after we saw some pretty realistic stuff yeah. going down. Like a blood-dripping dripping pipe. And then we get this off-the-wall scene with this quote-unquote yeah. comedic character. I, I, I really think it's just, you kind of got to look through it as, yeah. like, we're not going to get this, but this is the way it happened like an archaeological examination. Another thing of why did it happen? So the 29 and 17 year old, he finds him, he finds her, he's looking around and he spots the phantom 
and he's going towards him, and in front of him is like a tiny little pond. Yeah. And you can see the shore is like three feet to his left. Mm-hmm. So rather than going around the pond, he goes right through. the. He wades through the water. I don't understand that at all. I th- this movie it, is just full of little things like that. Yeah, I think that that's an example where they probably should have just... If they just moved the camera a little bit to the exactly. left, then, then it you looks like the, the, he's in front you, of a pond and he has to cross. Yeah, you're exactly right. That's Like the woman who hangs up a blanket, <laughs> but then she has... Her blinds are up, and she's hanging the thing underneath the the, bl- the blanket underneath the blind. Just put the blinds down. What's a blanket going to protect you from? That blinds can't. Uh, I, they referenced that in the remake too. There was they, a moment. There's like a quick shot of it. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Um, you referenced like the 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 car like spinning and fishtailing. The very beginning, the first girl mm-hmm. that uh, lives. There's a car that's driving up. So this is a 1940s car in the 1970s mm-hmm. pulling up and starts fishtailing a f- 20 yards, 30 yards from her maybe. Yeah. They totally could have lost. There's a woman laying on the ground on in the road. Yeah. They absolutely could have lost control. Yeah. And hurt that woman. There's also a scene where the Phantom is holding on to a door mm-hmm. as the car is driving yeah. away. That was a real thing. Yeah. That wasn't a stunt. I mean, it was a stunt. Yeah. The, but it's not like this. Th- that was just happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was he was driving very slowly, but still, that's like some low-level Mad Max shit. Yeah. And, the, and then at the end, when he jumps over the tracks and right in front of that train. Y- yeah. Like, there, that's a dude. That, a dude did that. Yeah, exactly. It's like... But to be crazy. fair, you, crazy thinking about people doing that today. You thought about doing that though, so I mean, yeah, I was totally going to do that in a match. <laughs> but uh, you think like that's crazy today, but then you—I'm sure you haven't actually seen Mad Max Fury Road. No, but most of the stunts in that are like real stunts. Like they have people on cars moving, driving through the desert at speed. On like fifteen foot poles, going back and forth, jumping all across them and everything. So, I don't know. I it seems it seems pretty crazy that that oh the seventies that's why they did that. But it, I guess it still happens a little bit today. Yeah, I think it's different today. The uh, so the example I was I was gonna I, I had known that I was gonna bring this up during that time, but I guess it fits now too. Uh, you're well aware of my love for Maniac Cop. Oh yeah, and Maniac Cop it's, too. It's like the big. It's like the center of your basement. It is. So I really feel like, and I'm not going to pretend that I've seen everything, especially action movies. But for me, Maniac Cop two is like the perfect. It's like the peak because of of stunt work. In that, there's things like what we just saw in Town the Dreaded Sundown mm-hmm. that is like. Holy shit! That's crazy that they risked that that they pulled that off. Right. I feel like if you go any further than that, it starts becoming le- not enjoyable to actually see, and starts becoming really dumb, like jackass style things that are that are even over the top because jackass was at least aware of what they were playing with, but more like backyard wrestling type, not safe stuff. Right. Right. I feel like if you push it any th- further past where we were with Town That Dreaded Sundown you're starting to get into that territory. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like Maniac Cop, when we get there eventually, um, 
it's kind of that peak where you see some crazy shit going down. And if they pushed anything any further, it would be to the point of being stupid. Have you ever watched a Jackie Chan movie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He does um, some crazy shit. He no, I think that that's there's parallels there, like yeah. with the town the dreaded sundown, the maniac cop, and the Jackie Chan thing. In all honesty, Jackie Chan might have been pushing it a little into stupid, like because oh, he yeah. broke tons of arms and yeah, and like body parts. He breaks his foot, and so I think way before it should have healed, he was back to doing stunts, just like you know, I'll wear baggier pants, yeah, because I have a cast on, yeah. I, I think that might be getting into that point. But yeah, along the same lines of there's no reason to push it any further than that. I don't want to see somebody actually getting killed for that. And that's why oh, no. they reference like there's uh, there's only a few times that within the, the, the Hollywood industry, like in the industry, mm-hmm. that, that real accidents or deaths happen. It's pretty right. rare. However, you and I making a movie, we don't think it's a big deal. So we hang off, we hold onto a car door. Yeah. Those are the ones that there's high probability of accidents. Or you do which, fire stunts. Or you do fire stunts <laughs> on your own, exactly. Those are the ones that people actually get hurt because of that. Um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to Maniac Cop. Yeah, when are we going to do that? Come oh, on. We got to be getting on that. Um, the uh, They announced that uh, it is the remakes filming over the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm being cautiously optimistic about that because it's been happening for a while um but they have uh nicholas winding ruffin is producing it do you know who that is nope uh do you know drive yes it's him okay he's producing it along with the original director great um directed by the guy that did some of the universal soldier sequels which i didn't see but everybody's freaking out over and saying they were good like i kind of want to see them now I, I don't know that I would think of Universal Soldier and Good in the same sentence, but um, I haven't seen them, so. I, I No, I haven't either, but like the, everything that I'm referencing, people are, are like, that's a good choice. And this is going to be good for you. Do you know who Ed Brubaker is? Yeah. He wrote this the script. Okay. Like, that's a real Hollywood guy, so. Well, yeah. Like, he did the Captain America movies, right? Or at least one of them? Uh, I don't remember he's a he's a comic book guy yeah he definitely did. he did he's done some really good comic books he he definitely uh, did the screenplay for one of the captain americas the powers comics are great but he was involved in that powers tv show and that was pretty garbagey i don't know what that is it was a playstation only tv show i can't believe that i missed <laughs> that TV show yeah. about superheroes that I'm not into for <laughs> on a system that I don't play. Michael Madsen was in it, so there's some crossover. Michael Madsen's in a lot of garbage, dude. Uh, yeah, most a lot of it's on your shelf here. We uh, when we we met Michael Madsen at a convention, mm-hmm. and we got up there, uh, and he was like, "Hold on, do you guys mind waiting? I got I got to make a call." We're like, "No, that's fine." So we he stepped away, and we're out of hearing of him so he's 20 feet away maybe and you can see he's having like a frustrated and like heavily spoken conversation and Mm -hmm. stuff and like my wife and i are looking at each other like do we want to be on the the next people to talk to him (laughs) when this comes up so he he ends up coming over and he apologizes and stuff and is super cool and he's like he's like my son is so god damn it my son's dumb he got himself into trouble (laughs) with do you guys have kids what are the 
Like <laughs> he was basically just <laughs> venting about his. Like I don't know any details at all, obviously, and, yeah. and he didn't hear anything, so he didn't murder anybody or whatever. So he probably got into a car wreck or got busted with pot or something. I don't know. That's what I was envisioning, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, he was. It was funny because he was like, "That's my Michael Madsen experience." <laughs> like not talking to him about Reservoir Dogs, but just like him venting to me that his kid's an idiot. <laughs> so, so somewhere out there, like this, his son ha- had some problem, which I'm sure was a big deal at the time. Yeah. They've gotten through, but that's my that's my experience yeah. with him. Like that's that. your reference point. The, exactly. Exactly. So the end, the end of the movie. Oh, I got it. Can we? Can oh, we? Before the end up? of the movie, go ahead. So there's a prom. Yeah. And with more fake Glenn Miller. I have like anytime I watch these old movies mm-hmm. or older movies, I, I have these existential crises, 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 where like I'm like, oh my god, they have their prom. They had their prom in 1946, and then in 76, and mine was. 20 years ago or whatever it was 15, 15 years, years 15 ago. years ago feels like 20 and uh like it just doesn't matter like they're just gonna be keep having proms these they're all dead now they're the prom <laughs> like <laughs> these crises it's just start. why are you obsessed with everyone in movies who's dead like oh that guy was old in 1976 he's dead now that um, dog that dog's dead <laughs> i definitely think i think about that all the time i'm like <laughs> Like, oh, look how young and pretty she is. She's got to be dead now. Like, <laughs> it's, I can't help it. Um, did you ever, did you go to a prom? I did not. I went to a prom senior year, uh, had made plans months in advance uh, with my then girlfriend. Uh, we had broke up and she was dating a 40 year old man at the time. Great. Um, but we were still going to go. Okay. We still did go. Um, That's got to be awkward, right? It was a little awkward because we hadn't really talked. Yeah. Um, and it's particularly <laughs> when we I... We break up. You're dating someone else. Let's go to prom. And then, uh, like, my friend and I and another one, all th- three of us, two guys and a girl, we all kind of ditched our dates and, like, went to a coffee house across the street <laughs> for, like, the majority of the prom. We're sitting there in all of our prom stuff. So I think I'm a jerk. Uh, I mean, she's dating some other dude. I yeah, don't know. I don't know. It was weird, though, for sure. I was going to take my prom, or my prom. I was going to take my grandma to prom, but she wouldn't go halfsies with me on the hotel room. So <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> uh Okay, all right, what were you saying? End, uh, of the, end of the movie. End of the movie. So uh, they find the car, and they're like, is there a... They find uh, the car of the Phantom Killer. Yeah, he's like, that's the car that I almost shot at, but didn't, because I knew it was out of range. So Lone Wolf is like, is there a pit nearby? And he's like, yeah, it's like a mile and a half that way. And like, well, we know this is where the Phantom is. So they run there, and the phantom is, like, looking longingly uh, at the edge of a cliff. Yeah, this is the part that I would want to know more about from the real story. Right. Like, if he wasn't committing a crime, if you were the phantom, 
and you need to go get groceries, yeah. you probably wouldn't wear your hood and be dressed as the Phantom, right? Right. So why was he dressed as the Phantom in the middle so of the woods? I, as- I assumed he was... Up to, he he was like looking had committed for, a crime that previous night. They, okay. But there's no there are no more victims or anything. No, maybe he was scoping out and getting trying to commit a crime because they said have he you was just have hiding they, in the woods and had bad luck. He struck out. Maybe that's what it, it would I feel like taking out like the putting this is a dumb movie in there and just like in real life. Right. That's what have to happen, right? He was because that's what he did. He hung out like waiting for cars to pull lanes, up. Okay. Like, in the so woods. okay, that makes sense. But yeah, it was definitely a, a moment of like right. And he's just like looking out, like my, I guess you know, this is some good morning for killing. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're they're like, well, you're the Phantom. I'm gonna shoot at you, and they chase him, and they chase him uh, through the woods. Uh, there's a train track. The stunt of him jumping in front of the train. And then uh, they do what I think you really enjoyed, which is he's running alongside the train, and you're like, well, he hasn't gotten away yet. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, shoot under the train. Because they can shoot under the train. That's exactly what they do. Yeah. And they tag him, and then they just wait for the train to go by. Not, apparently they didn't decide to keep eyes on him. And he, like, gets up and, and... like runs off mm-hmm. and then they're like well we should get the bloodhounds and then they they cut two shots of bloodhounds i don't even think those were bloodhounds i don't know they just looked like mangy dogs yeah and then the narration kicks in and was like well the the bloodhounds didn't really find anything and uh well that's the end of the movie <laughs> well they went through and just told you like every, <laughs> yeah they, they gave you the, the animal house ending where they tell you about everybody and that reminded me completely so for years we had on our DVR for the love me. I, I can't remember what it was, but it was something, it was some true story about somebody. I don't think it had anything to do with, it wasn't a like a 48 hours or a murder or anything like that. It was, it was more lifetime originally like something like that. Right. Something with Valerie Bertinelli. I don't, but it was, it was a dramatic reenactment of somebody's, some event or somebody's mm-hmm. life. It wasn't somebody's life. It was dramatic of react uh, right of something. But the end, it was the fun, the the weirdest thing in the world because they told this story from this person's life, and then at the end, you have like the narrator type guy that just puts the button on the end of it, mm-hmm. and he's like, uh, uh, "This was resolved in this way, and so and so, and." This person lived uh, for another 40 years until they fell off a horse and died. Credits. <laughs> like, it had nothing to do with anything. And, like, you would just assume that, the, like, you hear, you finish the story of you <laughs> dealing with this bank robbery or whatever, yeah. right? And you get your money back. That's the end of it. You know that every story ends with you dying. Right. Like, everybody's life ends mm-hmm. that way but they don't end that way like <laughs> forrest gump didn't have a thing at the end where they just showed how he yeah. died like he had an aneurysm and died yeah and it was the most bizarre thing and best thing ever because <laughs> 28 hours after, or 28 years after he survived the bank robbery justin choked on a home ham sandwich and died that's exactly what it was it was yeah. bizarre um yeah i wish was... i would have gotten through that joke without fucking up two or three of the words <laughs> that probably would have been funny the uh so my overall opinions on this movie are 
I think, I don't know if this is fair or not, but I think that I, some of these things I grade on a curve. Yeah. And I don't know definitely. if that's fair or not, but I feel like being a made for TV movie, the things, the buttons that I think, or the, the boundaries that I think, think that it push, the fact that they stuck so well to a real story. And that's what makes me appreciate it the most is like, I don't get scared by m- many things. And there's definitely movies that I watch that people get killed in worse ways or more people get killed. But knowing this is a pretty real thing is yeah. way more horrific than anything else. Yeah. Like this is, I don't know if scary is the right word, but it's a dread inducing mm-hmm. that this actually occurred in a town. There really was a moment where nobody had any guns available left in the town right. to sell. And, uh, I think that overall, I think it's a cool little piece of history is like the way that I watch it. Right. And the, the fact that, you know, he was never apprehended is, yeah. is creepy. Yeah. One of my all, all-time favorite movies is Zodiac. And I just love the whole piecing it together, the fact that he was never caught or anything. And it's just, you know, a great movie. Justin, your overall thoughts? So there are bad movies that are bad and there are bad movies that are charming. Mm-hmm. This is obviously the latter. I I had a good time. Good. And, and then we watched thoughts? the remake. You asked my thoughts. What about your thoughts? I gave you. I just said it to begin with. I said All my right. overall thoughts are. All right. And then I went into my. I don't listen to you. Do you, <laughs> do you want me to repeat it? No, I'm good. Oh, okay. 2014. Yeah. They did a sort of remake. Not even. What's they the? Just, they, they're like, here's a movie with the same name. Uh, I disagree with that. Hold on. What's our synopsis, Justin? Uh, it is Texarkana, basically present day, and they show the movie every Halloween. One of those nights they showed the movie. Hold on. Hold on. It's important to establish so that this makes sense. In this 2014 version, mm-hmm. the events happened in real life in the 40s. And in this movie, the 1976 version right. exists and is a film. Right. Go ahead. Sorry. Okay. Well, I don't. Okay. I don't see how I didn't establish that. Maybe I wasn't explicit. Do you want me to play it for you again? No, I said they play the movie every again? Halloween. What movie? Lord the of the Flies. One, the the name of the. St- so. Uh, it seems like the Phantom is back, and he is basically stalking this girl, and the whole movie is this girl trying to piece together who the Phantom is and how she can stop him from ruining her life, basically. Okay, that was the worst synopsis ever, but I'll tell you why as we go. Give no 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 I'd rather no 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 this is important let's let's go into our thing and then I'll point out the difference here. Okay, my first note: not a remake because it's it's not. It is not technically a remake, but I guess this is exactly what I said I wasn't going to get into, but I'm going to do it five seconds later. (laughs) Um, I think this is super super clever in that it's not a remake; it's a sequel while it's simultaneously a remake because what they're doing is they're 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 taking the things from the original film and giving a motivation for a character to quote unquote remake them right so the character 
of the Phantom is recreating all of those events. So you have a reason in the film to show the same scenes and putting a twist on them um, in a way that the person would be trying to recreate scenes from a movie in the present day. So there's definitely, it's not a quote unquote remake, but it needs to, it's definitely in that vein. It's definitely got themes of that. It's definitely thematically a remake. Yeah, and but it's basically Scream if Scream were about one movie instead of all movies, all um, slasher movies. Okay, I would say to a degree without the cynicism or the taking the piss out of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Edward Herman from Golden Girls is in, or Gilmore Girls. Damn it! <laughs> you said Golden Girls you, and you put it in my head. Yes, I win. I win. So apparently a lot of Gilmore Girls actors are in horror things. Who knew? Um, the So the murders are pretty... The murders start occurring. Mm-hmm. Um, First the, one is Corey and... I don't remember the main character's name. Brunette. Yeah, Brunette. <laughs> uh, first one is them. Uh, so right off the bat... Which is synonymous with the original. Yeah. So right off the bat, like when he is chasing her through the woods, there are crazy extreme Dutch angles. Like the camera is tilted 90 degrees one way, 45 degrees the other way. Yeah. And like there are weird shots like through eyeballs, like POV, but like behind the eyeball. Yeah weirdness are you sure it's not reflecting off an eyeball i i looked very much like it was supposed to be like through but i'm not okay another thing that this movie does is it it's cuts don't like it tries to do quick cuts but they're like too quick generally uh but yeah it does that and then it never does that again for the rest of the movie there's even at the end she's running through the woods and I feel like, okay, this is where they're going to bring back those Dutch angles and all that stuff, and they don't. Yeah. They don't. It's like, v- just for this sequence, it's like they they made the trailer sequence and then forgot about that. The rest so of the there's definitely a huge degree of, like, uh, of somebody trying to get their rocks off with cinematography throughout the movie. Yeah. And I think 75% of them are awesome. Um, with what they do, what they're trying to do. I think that 25% of them miss their mark a little bit. Like the opening scene, like it's supposed to be illuminated in red from the, the lights from the back of the car, like the taillights. Mm-hmm. And, and I think part of the, the sound of the, the projector. Yeah. I think that part of that might be that I wish that we had a Blu-ray instead of a DVD that we're watching. Mm-hmm. That might be part of it. Um, yeah, overall, I think the cinematography in this was obviously very intentional, and they were doing a lot of things, but I feel like they might have thrown the kitchen sink, and if they pulled back the range just a little bit, and then a little bit more conventional, or done a few less ideas, it really could have pushed it to the next level. Yeah, to me, this was like, instead of doing it for a reason, it was they were doing it just to because they thought it looked cool. I th- and I think and that's I think that that's that's always a bad decision. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. That's where I would agree with you for that 25% of the time. 
Okay. So we we can disagree. I think on the you're amount. being generous with the seventy five percent. Okay. I think I think a lot of this. A lot of this movie was like, oh, we did this because we thought it would be cool. Not because it w- it made the story better or it made the film itself better. Mm-hmm. It was just like, oh, this is a cool idea that we had. We're never going to tie it together again. Okay. It's not really tied to anything. You're still talking thematically with the camera moves and stuff, or you got mm-hmm. other examples? Okay. Okay. And, and the, I think some of the writing was that also, like, a dude's randomly named Sparkplug. And, uh... See, here's the thing. I don't know if he was named Sparkplug or if Anthony Anderson just called him Sparkplug. Yeah, and Anthony Anderson is Lone Wolf. Yes. And knows about... Everyone in there knows about the 1946. Yes. What happened in 1946. He just happens to be another Texas Ranger called Lone Wolf. Yes. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I'm not disagreeing that the, some of those aren't heavy-handed. Yeah. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with that. Um, the uh, the GI was coming back from for Thanksgiving. Right. Tied back into the original. Um, it's those little things that I think it's putting a, a twist on on what the original was, and that it's really does a good job of straddling the line, a clever way to make a remake without being a remake. Because you didn't need to see the original at all. No. And you're paying homage completely uh, and being respectful of the original. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what you want me to say Awkwardly there. stare at one. I expected you to disagree. Um, no, I mean, I I don't disagree with what you have to say. I just, I, I, I don't know. I think you appreciated that. You give them more credit for that than... Then I guess I do. I must. Speaking of giving credit, mm-hmm. you watched Get Out. I did. Did I? I feel like there's no way that I could not have oversold it, even <laughs> though I don't think I did, because I basically told you that you would just ejaculate throughout the entire time. Yeah. Um, how close were you to reaching that? Uh, pretty close. I, it was great. It was like, it was a fantastic theater experience. Like, a great theater experience can make okay movies great and great movies even better. Like Twister, Twister's an okay movie, right? Have you ever seen Twister? Mm-hmm. Uh, R.I.P. Bill Paxton. But there's a scene. Philip in the Seymour Hoffman. What? R.I.P. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he is in that. And dead. Yeah, I mean, Bill Paxton just died a few weeks yeah. ago, but Sean Whalen didn't die. No. Go ahead. Uh, but the the scene in the beginning where like. They're trying to get in the cellar because the, the twister's happening, and you know the dog looks like it's about to die, and then all of a sudden, right before that dog's probably dead now. Yep, it <laughs> jumps into the cellar, like the whole audience just erupted in cheers and everything, and it was like, all right, this is this is a great experience, whether or not this is a great movie. So I I have more love for Twister than it probably deserves. Get Out was a fantastic movie. That the theater experience, the energy and everything in there was just, just put that over the top. And my, the funniest thing I think is that I was in a theater full of black people and it was the person next to me who is incredibly white that was the one yelling like, <laughs> don't do it, don't do it, the whole time. Well, I'm glad I didn't let you down. 
because no, I, I definitely let it all hang I, out for I, that one. I, your your recommendation uh, was great. I I was going to see it. I I definitely wanted to see it before. I had to see it after that recommendation, and I plan on seeing it again before it leaves theaters. Yeah, I uh, I try not to throw down too much. Like you know, I obviously like the remake of Town that Dreaded Sundown. I like the Burning. I like mm-hmm. Sleepaway Camp. Um, but I'm not going to throw down on any of those like like I would that or yeah. some of the other things. Um, the uh, there's a moment where Gilmore Girls guy, yeah, is like asked to Edward pray. Herman. He's asked to pray. <laughs> yeah, and like after the the college kid gets and killed, I, shot I, and possibly killed. Yes, I feel like uh, they do a really good. Jo- well, that that was the fake Phantom, right? Yeah. Which, by the way, did you see they did a pretty good job of setting him up? He walks by. Yeah. He, he also walked by earlier in the film. At the very beginning at the drive-in, he walks by and he's wearing a Town the Dreaded Sundown t-shirt. Oh, okay. Didn't so, see that. But, but, and, and I wouldn't have the first time either, but knowing that that I'm was I'm bad coming, with faces, so when the reveal happened, I had to be true. like, Who is that again? Who's that and who's that? Because <laughs> I, called, I called who I thought it was, but I didn't recognize him because I'm bad with faces. Yeah. Um. So he gets called to do a, a little prayer. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you're a pastor, it's kind of like being a doctor. A doctor's like <laughs> kind of always on. Like there's yeah. always a moment where somebody's going to be like, we need a doctor. Um, and I feel like there's always moments where somebody's like, we need a prayer. And they've got to be ready to yeah. jump on a prayer. Reverend? Oh, uh, uh, Jesus, thank you for this. Amen. <laughs> but they always that's have basically to, the, the they, prayer that it gives. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. They just have to, they've got to have go-to ones. Like they don't even really, like that they're saying, mm-hmm. and they're just thinking about like their grocery list. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, you know what? Asparagus really sounds asparagus, good. Asparagus, yeah. But Jesus is always in our prayers. And Sweet baby Jesus. Jesus. Uh, oh, Miracle Whip. I, we're about out of Miracle Whip. I got to make sure that I get that. Uh, it's got to be autopilot, right? Yeah. I'm sure. I would, I would think so. Uh, going back to the GI, when yes. so the lady jumps out of the building, lands on her feet, breaks her leg, mm-hmm. but like doesn't really go down, and then just limps to the car, mm-hmm. and then the inside of the car is just filled with what I'm pretty sure is pretty poor digital blood. Yeah, definitely. It 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 was pretty bad. I thought. Yeah. I won't disagree with that. I don't like digital blood. No, I don't like digital blood either. But uh, I think that the movie does a good job of like showing like the brutality of killings like this and like the trombone one. Yeah. Like, they obviously, the trombone one looked better than this one, but the bad digital blood didn't help anything. But uh, they definitely showed brutality, I think, which was like, I don't think either of these movies... Like, there's definitely movies that you watch that you're like, get them, get them. Like, you're rooting for them to get stabbed. I didn't feel that way at any point for any of these. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I usually don't. I'm usually the guy that's, yeah, like Wolf Creek 2. No. Well, yeah, you didn't You didn't want Franklin to get killed. What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> that's who I am, man. <laughs> Empathy. Uh, um, the... Uh, the radio station was KYGL. I, you made that joke then. I don't think it. I don't understand how that's. It's KY Jelly. 
Oh my god! Their uh, radio station is KY Jelly. Speaking of KY, the other one was KVHG. We both That's had K vagina, an equal appreciation, and I don't think either one of us have had this moment, but we both really appreciated like the awkward first time gay yeah. sex scene. Like, like I think that that was pulled off really well. Yeah, that's some uh, that's something that you don't really see. It's like you see like oh, you know, boy girl virgin high school make out point kind of awkward interactions, but you don't see that like for two guys or two girls who are like. I don't know how this works. That's got to be one step more awkward, too, right? Right. Because unless they've already had this discussion, you're laying that on the line there, too. Uh, I mean, I think they they knew where they were going and they knew they why did. they were going there. That's true, but it, it you also got so the vibe. That was nobody, one step removed. But you also got the vibe that they hadn't had that talk. That I don't know. I'm not so sure about that. Yeah. Like, can you imagine if there's... They a, obviously didn't work out the semantics or, like, the... The logistics? Yeah, the logistics. Of, <laughs> of what was happening. I don't know. I thought you might, like, suck on it a little bit. <laughs> what we're referencing, there's a scene where two guys go to, like, uh, to go to this make-out place. It, it was... It's like a... Uh, it's like a... Junkyard for signs. Which was really cool. Yeah. And they just sit in front of the pastor's old sign. Yes. It was uh, great. And then they have to awkwardly try to figure out exactly what acts each is going to perform. And it's, it's like done in a, in a sweet way. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I appreciated that because you don't see that. Mm-mm. Um, and I still argue that that would be like a step more awkward than the first kiss that you try to put on somebody that you're dating, uh, as a heterosexual male. Um, because at least you've got that. But if they haven't bypassed that, like if they're throwing that out there, like what if we were yeah. sitting here and I was all of a sudden just started trying to reach over and grab your dick. Yeah. There would Which I that. love that you think that's how gay people work, but no, 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 no. That's <laughs> what, <laughs> that's not what I said at all. Which, to be fair, that might be how gay people work because <laughs> I have been in a dance club and had a guy grab my hand <laughs> and physically move it toward his crotch, and I was like, "No, hi, thanks, but no, thank you." So maybe that is how gay guys work. I uh, don't know. Were you? Was it a gay club? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's that's sexual assault. Then. Yeah, it I guess was, it's, it's I guess funny because it it was a night where I did not get laid, but my recently married friend was like, We're, "This is this is my goal is to get you laid tonight. I'm going to be your wingman." And then he proceeded to be the absolute worst wingman in the history of wingmen. It was a great night. Uh, you could have, or you could have jerked off. That I mean, guy. yeah, <laughs> you, I, uh, you know. It's like thank you, I appreciate the offer. Like I've never I've never been I've never had a woman come up to me and be like I'm into this. I'm into what you got. Yeah. But I think I've had like three or four dudes like I I like what you got. I want to see more of that. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm like thank you, but that's you're, you're it's like, very polite of you. You're like upset at that point. You're like, damn it. <laughs> I wish I was good because then I could get some. <laughs> like, totally. Uh, the, uh, I haven't had anybody overtly ever be like, oh, look at that. I want to get some. But on at least three or four occasions, um, I have been told, oh, did you hear what that person was saying? They said they were talking about how cute you were. I was like, okay. However, every single one of these stories, I've been with my mom. <laughs> so, was your mom saying that guy's 
That guy was really into you. No, I think that it's not being said, and my mom is just telling me that to make me feel good. Like, and I can't call her out on it because she's trying to be nice, but like, it's. I think like the first time, two, I believed it, and then by the third time, I was like, I've never heard this from somebody else before. <laughs> and then, recent, the most recent one was six months, a year ago, maybe, and I'm like taking her into the doctor, right? Because she can't walk and she has emphysema like she's she's in a chair, right? Mm-hmm. And like I'm there cr- crating my mom in, right? Yeah. And she's like, did you hear the nurses? They were saying you were cute. I'm just like, God damn it. Let it go, mom. I'm already married. I already made you grandchildren. I don't need this. <laughs> we both know that I'm a ghoul. You don't need to try to try to do this. Just stop. But I can't say that. So I yeah. just have to like it's almost worse. Like yeah. Yeah. Like it's just like me walking around just being like Justin, just so you know they don't think you're attractive. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's just Just so you know, I knew that. <laughs> uh the there was uh so they end up running through uh a, a brunette ends up being chased through a cornfield. Oh, it's not brunette. It's not brunette. It's uh, the GI's yeah, it's girl. Some, yeah. It's the GI's girl, right? No, it is. Oh no, no, no. it's the the deputy, the red herring deputy. Yeah, uh, is getting a blowjob. Yeah, from girl and bar. Girl and bar. Uh, he gets shot. She runs out through a cornfield, mm-hmm. and there's some pretty awesome overhead shots where they were obviously on a crane. Yeah, and you're watching her. Or go it's one 2014. Way. It could have been a drone. Yeah, you're watching her go through the cornfield. Uh, making her way through and he's doing it simultaneously so you can see exactly if they're going to intersect where they're going to intersect and that was an example of the cinematography that i really thought was awesome yeah i i appreciated that shot i thought that that was cool i just there were lots of other things that i did not appreciate such as the aforementioned dutch angles the uh dennis o'hare's in the movie yeah um, great as always he did really good uh the biggest thing that i loved about his character is how much he and obviously his father obsessed over the one thing that he did in his life and this mm-hmm. is obviously a fictionalized version i'm sure of the of if the guy even has a kid yeah um and the man himself but it was it rang really true and that i'm there's tons of people out there that you still know and still talk about like high school they were the state champ in this or whatever and that's yeah. the high point of their life he was going to be the next orson wells but he, he stayed in texas yes um and whether or not it's this guy or not there's how many people out there did make one movie that nobody else cares about at all but it's the one thing that they ever did yeah. um so that i always I think about that. Like, I'll be watching a movie. I'm like, this is not good. This is shitty. Oh, it's the only thing this person ever directed. That's why. Yeah. But to them, that's that's on their mantle, man. Yeah. Um, and that always that rang true with me, really. Russ laughed because I pointed at myself. Because I, I in high school, I made a short film. It won a bunch of awards. And I haven't done dick since. Hey. But now I'm on a podcast telling people that their Dutch angles are shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> moving on up in life. <laughs> If it makes you feel any better, my high point's being in your short film. <laughs> uh, um, we we wrote that we almost wrote that script that one time. We almost did. We got we almost put words on index cards. <laughs> That's how far we got. 
what else you got for Town the Dreaded Sundown, Justin? Uh, I know I should have called it when he volunteered, but I didn't call that it was going to be the cop until she gives him the first bit of evidence. And she's like, I just need to tell somebody. And he's like, well, you did. And I'm like, he did it. He's the killer. But you didn't call it, so it doesn't matter. I put it in my notes. Mm, those notes that can easily be edited because it's an electronic device. Yeah. That you still are not offering to show me. I don't. I don't care. I don't want to see it. <laughs> um, I did think they did a pretty good job of setting up red herrings. Yeah. Like the police officer that ate a bunch. He was the skeptically one that went back at her. Uh, the guy that was the archivist at the police station. Nick. Uh, he, they set up that he doesn't have a dad, and then like a couple scenes later, they said that this guy's die, uh, dad had died, so it was right. a grandson. Um, I thought they did those in a pretty clever way. One thing we didn't talk about the original that I feel like this movie was totally lacking was Mustache Guy. Mustache Guy? <laughs> mustache Guy was great. Mustache Guy was... How did we not talk about Mustache Guy uh, and Spark okay. Plug? in the car together when Sparkplug's dressed up like a lady. Okay, so... And he's trying to get some. So they try... we well, got to back this up. <laughs> back and way up. So the Phantom is on the loose. They decide they need to come up with a bust. So this they're going to We're going send, back to the original, guys. This is the original. So they decide they need to set up a bust. So how they do that is they pair up police officers with one another, one of which dresses up like a woman. Mm-hmm. But so, Sparkplug volunteers, but he didn't know what he was getting himself sure into. Sure didn't. So he ends up dressing like a woman. He is paired up with the Snidley Whiplash mustache guy. Snidely, but yeah. So Snidley Whiplash. Snidley Snidley. <laughs> Fat Snidley, Snidley Whiplash. So he's hooked up with him. And he kind of puts the moves like kind of as a joke. Yeah. But he was fake serious and was putting the moves on Sparkplug. Right. And, and then I, later, uh, when the whole uh, Brandon, or not Brandon, Benjamin Sewell thing goes down, he just shows up in the car and he's just really, really sweaty. Yeah, just and then he's covered like, in sweat. <laughs> he, he looked like John Goodman on the set of Roseanne, so yeah. sweaty. And then was like, well, I'll take him and I'll, he'll ri- I'll ride in the back with him the whole way. <laughs> he was giving out this nasty, rapey vibe. <laughs> it was not good. So that that's what that's what the remake was lacking. It, it mustache guy. Yeah, it did. Um, yeah, you got anything else for us, Justin? Before you do our your overall thoughts. Uh, like I said, I called the the cop. I didn't call unsubstantiated. The Corey. I didn't call the Corey thing. Corey comes back at the end because uh, he's the great grandson. So I Which didn't call that. But. I. I almost said it at the beginning, and, and it wouldn't surprise me if they aren't fake or if they're not edited digitally to try to show you this, mm-hmm. but his eyes are so bright blue. Like, I noticed the very first scene when he's trying to make out with Brunette. Yeah. Like, he's Hitler's wet dream? Yes. They're so bright blue, and then if you watch throughout the film, you just see bright blue eyes coming out of that mask. Mm-hmm. So, that was another little thing that i think it did well justin overall thoughts uh obviously you think it's much better than than i uh i uh i thought it was okay the digital blood turned me off i didn't like that i called the killer because i 
I shouldn't ever be able to call the killer because I'm an idiot. So, I don't know. It was eh. Okay. Uh, I really appreciate it. I think it's super clever. I called it genius when I started watching it. I think that might be a little too much for it. But I think that as far as remakes go, this is a super clever way to do it. Uh, I think that they pull it off. I think it's stylized really well. Uh, and I'm a fan. Justin, 76 or 14? 76. It's it's bad, but it's charmingly bad. Versus 2014 is just kind of middling. So I'll take good. I'll take charmingly bad over middling movie any day. Okay. Um, I will agree that I find the original super charming. I love it uh, as a piece of history. I think it's well done. I love that it exists in the format that we can do it now. Um, but I have to give props to the 14 for being as clever as it is in trying to figure out a way to abide by the original and do something clever when uh, the entire scene is being flooded with remakes. They figured out a way to do something different. All right, so that takes us to next week, mm-hmm. which means this is episode 14. Yes, that's how math works. So next week means computations, computations, 15. Yeah, Russ had to take off one of his shoes for that. Which, if you remember, it's a big deal. Way back 10 weeks ago, Mm -hmm. we announced that episode 15, we would be holding a... a little bit of a bet between Russ and I. I think it's... I look at it more as a competition. Because a bet, you would all... you would already, like... You're standing your ground about something. But a competition, you usually win something. Here, you're definitely losing something. That's true. It's more bet-like. That's, okay. We're betting on our abilities to compete. Yeah. You, you said the phrase to me recently, or you said the sentence that you were thinking about gay sex in the shower. Mm-hmm. And this morning, I took a shower, and yeah. I was thinking about you thinking about gay sex in the shower. That's both meta and disturbing. It's <laughs> so... No one should be thinking about me in the shower. So, uh, especially while they themselves are in the shower. <laughs> so, it, uh, yeah. So, those of you that don't remember, maybe we, you uh, have not listened to episode four of Lawnmower Man. Uh, we. Episode four of this podcast, which was about Lawnmower Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not episode four of Lawnmower Man because it wasn't mm-hmm. an episodic. I thing. wish there was episode four of Lawnmower Man. Yeah. I really do. Maybe. Uh,. One day. One day. They, when uh, we make the Netflix series. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so we are going to, uh, we each have written a slash fiction, is the correct term. Yeah. You're learning. We've each, we've each learned a, a slash fiction, uh, which is a homoerotic. Slash uh, doesn't necessarily have to be homoerotic. This one but is. This one, this one is, is more than so, that. So of uh, the two main characters in Lawnmower Man doing it. Mm-hmm. Or peripheral characters, yeah. maybe. You know, probably not the eight-year-old boy. No. But, you know, maybe the old man. Father Francis? I mean, I was thinking the, uh, God, I've forgotten his name. The Terry? Yeah, his 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 boss. Terry. Terry. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Terry. I'm, a, I'm a bad Lawnmower Man fan. Yeah, you really are. Um, I'm more of a Lawnmower Man 2 fan, but. <laughs> so. So we're going to be doing that. We're going to have uh, a bunch of guests, uh, include guests that are going to be judging, mm-hmm. including one the audience should know. Uh, Mr. Tom Karosik yeah. is going to be here. 
Uh, this will be his second appearance on I Remake I think Me. he might be bringing something with him. Woo! So that should be exciting. Um, yeah, and then the loser is going to have to share an embarrassing story mm-hmm. and air a rap about it. DJ MC Fiverr. I see. I always call him one thing and then write another thing in the notes, and it always pisses me off. So, DJ MC Fiverr, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> there we go. Um, we're also doing a full double feature next week. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully, some of our guests will will stick along, stick around. I'm pretty excited Schedules about this. For you know. Yeah. Um, but but if nothing else, we'll be here. Yeah. Um, you'll get to listen to us drone on and on about two movies of. I don't know the quality yet because I don't know what they are yet, but. All right. Usually I try to keep you in the dark completely. I'm going to give you a little tidbit, okay? Yeah. And then I I guess what I'm about to see. So I'm going to give you a little bit here. Like normally I try to keep my feelings about it neutral. Mm -hmm. Can't do that with this one. Okay. Okay. So this is a film that is so big and so epic. Like Ben-Hur? It could not take one director. The remake of Ben-Hur? No. I don't. I think they're only on one. It director. couldn't take one director. What it about one direction? Couldn't take two directors. Okay. This film has seven directors. Ooh, I thought maybe it was going to be four rooms. No, seven directors. Okay. Okay. Normally, is it this the is animatrix. Normally, this. I don't know. <laughs> normally, you this know is nothing about pop culture. I'm sorry. All you know is horror. I'm sorry. I can't make any reference ever. <laughs> My wife. There's a New Kids Block song that came new on. New Kids the on the Block. Isn't that what I said? You said New Kids Block. New Kids on the Block song came on today on the radio. Mm-hmm. And uh, she started singing and dancing. And I was like, what are you listening to? And she's like, you don't know this song? This is New Kids on the Block. Is it the right like, stuff? No, I don't know. I, I just said I oh, don't know what oh, it is. Oh. I don't know. Anyway, oh. so it can't. Normally, I would hand you a DVD mm-hmm. and you'd describe it to me. Yeah. Can't contain it on that. I have a full theatrical original run poster to try to describe to you. Crazy. What is going to be in this film? Okay. All right. So. He is very awkwardly handing me a poster. Ah, this one hangs prominently on his wall. This one, maybe I'll know something about. It is called The Dungeon Master. It's also known as Rage War and Excalibrate and the Digital Knights. So it's got to be fantastic, right? Yeah, if it's got three titles. That's four. No, no, no. That's three. Dungeon Master, Excalibrate, and the Digital Knights. Oh, I thought those were two nope, separate nope, titles. Nope. And then the third was Rage War. Someone's name Excalibrate in this? We're going to have to watch and find out. Uh, so, what do you, so what are you see, well, Justin, what are okay. we going to see in this movie? So... This is awkward. There's literally a <laughs> yes. giant poster between us. I can't see you <laughs> at all. You're just okay. holding a three foot by four foot poster in front of your face so, in a frame. So in front of me, there is this giant poster. And on it, there's like a checkerboard. Like a probably supposed to be like a digital check. No, it's definitely being held. It's being held by a giant head and hands. Uh, the, the, the guy that's holding the giant checkerboard is looking down into the left. But, like, off the poster, he's not looking at anything in front of him. Just, like, he's staring right into you. It's weird. There's a guy who has, like, a Wonder Woman cuff on, and he's deflecting 
a laser coming out of some sort of monkey god's <laughs> gem. Uh, <laughs> some sort of demon, fire demon, frost giant thing. I don't know. This movie's got it all. There's a lady <laughs> chained to a rock that looks like a mountain, but it's the size of the woman, so that's weird. <laughs> There's a bridge going over nothing to nowhere. <laughs> I'm so happy. Clouds. Just like, I'm, like I'm just leaning back, listening to you describe <laughs> it, and I'm so happy. <laughs> There's half a castle. Uh, I'm going to call that a quarter of a castle. Uh, uh, some small natives, but some of them are dressed up in like sci-fi outfits with laser guns. <laughs> One's got a paintball gun or a, a caulking gun. I can't tell. A caulk gun. <laughs> I've, you have no idea how fucking excited I am for this movie. Oh I my told God. you I, had, I told you this was a good one, right? I told you. The, not, I don't want to talk it up too much, but I'm saying I told you I was excited about doing this one. Uh, in in the middle right is uh, Balky from Perfect Strangers, dressed up like a, a Count Dracula, doing the dance from Saturday Night Live with lightning shooting out of his hands. This is all... It's great. You see why I wanted to give you the poster? This is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Just so everybody can have the visual, Justin is still holding this in front of him, just staring at this poster. I still haven't been able to see him since I handed it to him. Just imagine the greatest goddamn smile on my face you've ever seen. And that's what it is. Uh, so you see why I didn't want to hand you the DVD. Like no. this really needs to be blown up for to be that epic. Is there somebody named Ratspit in this movie? There is. Because someone has signed it. I'm Ratspit, caretaker of the dead. Yeah, that's one of the seven directors that <laughs> <laughs> I, I had him sign that. And that's what he wrote. This looks fantastic. So that'll be the first feature we're watching next week, Justin. What do I do with this now? <laughs> Just put it behind you awkwardly. Okay. All right. So while he's doing that, I need to apologize to you that uh, I feel like the next one really should have uh, a poster like this as well because there's a lot going on. Unfortunately, I don't have one. You're letting us all down. But uh, I feel like you're going to have a lot to say about this too. So here is the second of our double bill. One blow. The death blow. Raw Force, Invaders of the Jade Tombs. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. He's, I like this because I'm watching his eyes go over everything. Like, he's trying to decide what to grab a hold of first. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> this looks like 70s, like, 70s America, but, like, anime there is a cage full of women in their underwear there is a ship exploding there's a lady with an ak-47 nope that looks like an m16 an american weapon Mm, i don't know guns (laughs) uh there's a cemetery that this guy is jump karate kicking over (laughs) (laughs) the entire cemetery or just a grave there are several gravestones. <laughs> the title over. cards are coming out of the graves. <laughs> the words "raw force," which I should note that the 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 O is a shuriken with a yin yang in the middle. 
it's coming out of Japanese gravestones. There's some sort of samurai Dr. Manhattan in the background, and behind him is some Hulk Chinese god. It just seems like a mishmash of Asian culture. And on the back, (laughs) (laughs) there are two stills. I'm assuming they're screen grabs. One, just a a close-up on uh, an Asian man's face. That's it. No action or anything. Just a close-up of an Asian man's face. And the other one, half of a naked lady. (laughs) So I'm going to say that this is quality. I am so excited. Uh, Next week can't get here fast enough. I love love the idea. So I love that we live in a world right now where there are companies that is on Mm -hmm. Blu-ray. This is like quality that's absolutely is it's a it's a dvd there are two (laughs) discs in here there are two discs oh this is amazing Uh, i feel like this might be the moment that you started enjoying this podcast (laughs) (laughs) yep this is it it was all shit before this all right so you just did a lot of describing, and you did great. Thank you. But what are we going to see in any of these movies? Oh, God. Uh, like, what do you expect? Right, this is a sincere question. Mm-hmm. Like, usually I kind of am a jovial. Yeah. Serious question. What do you expect? Let's start with Dungeon Master. What are we going to see well, in this both movie? Both of these movies look 70s as fuck, and I'm excited about that. Uh... Right now, hold on. Right now, Justin <laughs> is turning around, looking at the poster that's behind him. Then he's looking at the Raw Force DVD on the table. Then he's going. He's just bouncing back and forth, trying to choose between which one he wants to talk about. I feel like I'm at a buffet, and my plate only has like one little spot left, and I've eyed two things that I can't not have. Okay, so Dungeon Master, uh, like medieval stuff mixed with future stuff i'm gonna assume like some magic but also computers and i'm excited about everything on there raw force just looks like hey you know what uh that bruce lee movie was pretty cool what if we did that but like with an american and just shat all over japanese culture (laughs) i think that's (laughs) i think that's what i have in store here uh this is exciting okay well we'll see you next week. Woo! Snidely Whiplash.